0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 176 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Equestrian Collections.
2: This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
1: And this is Philip Parks from Fergus, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Also, we have Glenn, our producer, on the show with us today. Hey, guys! Well, Hi. guys, we
2: have a great show today. We, um, as last week, we talked about the performance horse side of Devon, and this week we're going to talk about breeding at Devon.
1: Well, it's a huge show. I haven't been, but uh, I understand that it's uh, it's a big deal for all the breeders in uh, you know in the states and some in Canada as well.
2: It is. And we also have Jean Yves Tola of Jumpstart Farm. He is a wonderful breeder, but he also is um, a huge ad- advocate for getting young horses out. And he's helped um, with Spico's Farm develop uh, the Young Horse Show Series, which is a great way to get your young horses out, um, get people, you know, have people look at them, and also a good way if you want to sell a young horse to get that out.
1: Yeah, giving them great exposure and uh, give breeders a chance to show off their. They're great horses that they're all they're all breeding and working hard to do that. So that's nice. And Reese, you have a young horse too.
2: I do. I know we've talked a little bit about. I do have a breeding program. It's a very small one, but um, I have a wonderful mare that I showed Grand Prix and and several years ago she got hurt, and so I started. I, I bred Denali, who I've talked about on the show, who's doing great. He's a riding horse now, and. Um, I also have bred a two-year-old. Her name is Fleur-de-lis and we call her Minnie. And I have a soon-to-be, as of tomorrow, weaning. So we are weaning tomorrow. Really not looking forward to it at all. It's a really
1: awful day. I was just saying that's a heartbreaking job to have to do, (laughs) to to pull a baby from his mama. It's just... uh... Yeah. You're not helping me at all. Yeah, (laughs) thank
2: you. How do you do it,
0: Reese? How do Uh, do you take mom away or what do you do?
2: Yeah, that's uh, always a good discussion. Um, so, you know, the mayor, I've shown her all over the world, really. She's a wonderful mayor. So she's good. I, I think the way my property, I think it depends a lot on your property. And I always sort of talk with my vet on what he thinks is the best way to do it and my staff. So we all sort of know exactly what's gonna happen, uh, when it happens. But we're going to, I actually put the baby with an old mayor of ours who's raised several babies, um, for my mom and for myself. And she's a wonderful sort of aunt and nanny. Uh, so she's been with her for several weeks and, uh, mom and Eddie to wean. Um, so what's going to happen tomorrow is we actually will tranquilize baby a little bit. Um, we're going to walk them down. They have to walk. It's the way my property set up. There's some woods that separate the two properties and a Creek, but, Thankfully, there's no water in the creek at the moment, so we're gonna walk across uh, walk across the creek, and then I'll take the old mare and the little baby, and we'll put them in the stall together, and then we'll have the trailer waiting. and uh, We uh, Jamaica is her name, um, but we call her Big Mama. So we'll load. I'll load Big Mama up, and let the other guys be with the baby, and I will take Big Mama away in the trailer with me, and then they'll set and get the the mare and the and the baby all settled down in the the new digs. So it's going to be a big day. It's a big week. Uh, we also have our regional finals this week. So uh, I'm not sure. I'm I'm kind of glutting for punishment this week, but uh, it's they're ready to wean tomorrow's the day, and and then we actually head to the horse park on Wednesday for the regional finals,
1: along with a big driving show there too, right?
2: <laughs> yes, Glenn. So we saying. talked
1: about that last week, right? Yeah, well, we
2: we uh, yeah yeah. Yeah, I think it's the, the uh,
1: national drive is there
0: this week. Yes, it
2: is, everybody. And they're driving, the when the
0: National Drive is there, you're talking, what, 40, 50 carriages that are driving all over the park all the time. So
2: it's like... Thank you, Glenn. You're Thank welcome. You. This is a, big, <laughs> a big week
0: for you, Reese. This is should, be-
2: it is a really big week, <laughs> everybody. But you're going on
0: vacation next week so you can drink it off.
2: I am going to vacation next week. So um, my husband and I, Travis and I are going to enjoy some family time. So, um, yeah, I may need it um, after the drive. Yeah. So I'm hoping, I think they've sort of worked out the fact that they are going to keep the carriages away from the main stadium. Um, but their horses are going to have to walk back and forth. So it is going to be an interesting week. Um you I'm know, it, I, it, it's, it's funny, <laughs>
0: too, because being a carriage driver, I've, you know, obviously come across many riders on horses, and some horses really take to the carriages, and some do not. It's just, it depends on the yeah, horse. you never
1: know. Yeah, you never know.
0: We used to go trail riding, and the first time, Al, obviously, all the horses had to get used to the carriage. But then, you know, when we would go trail riding, and we'd do, do serious trail riding, I'd be the only carriage, and there'd be 12 riders. And some of the horses would get right on, they would be right behind my ear. You know, and, and driving in the carriage, they would just follow that carriage, and that became their safety place. You know, hmm. and became their comfort place was right behind right. the carriage. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of them would attach themselves to the carriage and didn't want to be anywhere but right behind that carriage because I think it was they felt safe there.
2: Huh. Really, well, I, I will. That. I will let you know how it goes. <laughs>
1: yeah, we want to know how I, all that goes, and, and we yeah, wish
2: you luck. Like. I know it's a big week, so uh, yeah, so it's a it's a big one. But uh, I, had, I, I had a question. You no, know. oh,
1: sorry, I had a question. Oh yeah, about your foals. I didn't know. Are they all by the same stallion?
2: They are not. They um. I have two Rousseaus and I have yeah. uh, one UB forty. Um, and they're American bred horses, uh, which is really exciting to have. Um, some wonderful stallions here. Um, we sometime we'll talk about. Uh, this is always a big question, but it's how do you choose a stallion for your mare? And I think that's always something that that we look at. Um. I had a very narrow pool because I needed uh, fresh schooled semen because my mare is actually 21 this year. And um, so my vet just said, you know, we need, we need that kind of semen. And so that narrowed my pool. But if I had had a, a, the option to use frozen, you can use, um, you know, frozen semen from all over the world. So that really opens up what you can do. So um, it's a really interesting topic and something, you know, that it's fun to talk about on the radio show a little bit um, because we eventually all have to you know, get out – your horse or, or look at breeding. So, um, they have been good crosses. I've been very happy. You know, the two Rousseaus, uh, are are turning out to be just incredibly sweet and willing horses. Um, so I'm very pleased with them and, and I've had, my mom actually bred, uh, confirmation hunters when I was growing up. So we always had mares and foals around and my mom had a very, uh, very clear program with her foals on how she got them ready. Um, so I've had to sort of develop my own way with my horses. And I think um, like I'm, I'm number three now and um, we are really hands on with them. Um, we we do introduce them to clipping and the trailer. And um, I work a lot with the Mounted Police, the Lexington Mounted Police. They come out and, and I give them lessons in exchange for them working with the young horses and and they do all kinds of stuff with them. Yeah. They walk over tarps and push balls and, you know, and, (laughs) and, and yeah, it's really fun. And so I've learned a lot about groundwork that, uh, honestly, I didn't know before. So, um, it's been a fun way for me to sort of expand my business. And, and I did it because I had a lovely mare who, who I knew her daughter, uh, she had two daughters in Holland who did really well. So I knew she had nice horses. So I think if you have a really, really quality mare, then it is something to look, at. Um, but raising babies is just like anything else. You really have to know what you're doing and handle them properly. They they need to be sweet, but they can't be naughty. And they're naughty. I was just petting my baby, and she came up and she just bit me. So she she got in trouble for that. So um, you know they're not you know they're fun, yeah. but you also have yeah, to be able to the easiest. handle them. Not the easiest, yeah, that's
1: for sure. So, well, yeah, that, yeah. anyways, that's cool. Great topic to talk about and uh, the whole breeding side because. All of our great performance horses have to come from somewhere, right? So
3: Exactly. Um, it's you nice it. that
1: there's, there's lots of breeders <laughs> out there that are doing a great job, and uh, that's fun.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So it was actually a big week, uh, and uh, Ann Gribbins announced Saturday, Saturday that she will not remain as technical advisor and coach of the U.S. team when her contract expires November 30th. Um, and so she sent an email actually to dressage news and it's, it's become a, an actual, uh, formal announcement now. And it said, it was a privilege and my pleasure to spend the past three years working with the uh, greatest of our American dressage athletes. I wish them all the best and much future, much success in the future. So we wish Anne well. She's, she has a farm. Well, it's and- too
1: bad. I mean, she's a great resource, you know, and I think that she's really helped, um, you know the American riders and and the team and uh, but I think she's just looking forward to going to do her own thing again, right?
2: I think so. I she's been you know really she's done um, she did the Weg. I actually you know the horses when they were here in Kentucky stayed here at my farm, so I worked quite a bit with with the team uh, at the time at that time. Um, and then she also was the coach in, uh for the Pan Am Games in Mexico and also. In London, So she's been a lot of places and worked and I read an an interview that she said she really wanted to get the coaches in uh, set up and that's happened with Jeremy and with Debbie and um, Scott Hassler. So it'll be interesting to see who fills this role. This is a big role. And as we all know, after the Olympics, we have some work to do. So um, we will keep you abreast as soon as we hear of anything of, of what happens with our team coach. After a break from Equestrian Collections, we're going to come back and speak with Mariana Heyman of Marydell Farm in North Carolina about her report from Dressage and Breeding at Devon.
0: Hi, Glenn here with uh, Horse Radio Network, and I'm here with Debbie from Equestrian Collections. What are we talking about today, Debbie?
3: Hi, Glenn. Today we're going to be talking about our Equestrian Collections Facebook page. I hope all of your listeners know that we have a big presence on Facebook. You can find us by just putting Equestrian Collections in your search box. We have a lot of things going on there. We have contests on there. We have... Um, uh, announcements of things that are happening in the horse world. If, uh, somebody's, if we find something that we find, think our customers will be interested in, we'll post that. You ha- can interactively speak with us on Facebook. Um, you can interactively speak with each other on Facebook. You can talk about products. You can talk about your horse. You can enter contests. It's a very vital part of our company and we're on there every day so we look forward to hearing people talk to us on our facebook page
0: very good and i know we post our shows on there you can actually listen to to uh, some of the horse radio network shows on the equestrian collections facebook page as well and we appreciate that you can find it by going searching for equestrian collections on facebook
2: Rihanna, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I am, I am looking forward to the whole Devon breeding report. So can you start telling us how do you qualify and how do you even get to Devon?
3: There is no qualification to get into the open breed classes or into the individual breed classes. Um, You do have to qualify for the regional championships. The East coasts are hosted by dressage at Devon and, um, that's why dressage at devon can host they've had up to 700 horses in the breed show in past years so it's a pretty big um event
1: so can you tell us a little bit um you know maybe a little bit of the history of the breed show at devon and uh, what kind of classes are offered year to year and what it's all about
3: certainly um the breed show at devon started in 1975 Um, I've been an active competitor since 1992. I have not skipped a year. Um, It it entails classes for young horses divided by age and gender. And then the second day is mature horses, which are four-year-old and older. Material, which is uh, three-, four-, and five-year-old horses under saddle. And Thursday is the individual breed classes where you compete against other horses of the same breed. For example, all the Hanoverians will be in a class divided by two and under and three and older. Um, The Oldenburgs, the Dutch, and the Hanoverians split by age, but the other breeds do not. You will have Gypsy Vanners, Frisians, Quarter Horses, Arabians, and they'll have their own individual breed class, and they are judged towards dressage, but taking into consideration what the breed is and what the confirmation should be, so um, it's it's a lot of fun, especially on Thursday. We call that the Insanity Day because um, there are so many people and so many horses and so many spectators that it's elbow to elbow.
2: So, Mariana, how does it work when you get um, when you decide to take a young horse to Devon? That seems to me that seems very nerve wracking. How does that work?
3: Um, in my particular case. I evaluate my horses in June and July. Um, Entry uh, closing date is usually second week of August, so it's well ahead of the show. With young horses, what you're looking at today is not what you're going to be looking at at the end of the week. So you evaluate your horses and you um, try to take them out to at least one show ahead of time so that you know how they'll behave And then you put them on a very good nutrition program and conditioning program. In my case, I'm very fortunate to have access to an aqua tread. And my yearlings and older will go and make a biweekly trip and go into the aqua tread. You make sure that, especially in the South, we bring them in during the day so their coats don't get sun bleached. You practice um, whether or not they respect your body space and whoa and go, um, and it's always nice to have a professional handler and a whip person.
1: So, can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere at the show? I mean, you've been going for quite a few years, and and uh, you know how many horses are there, and what it's what it's all what it's like.
3: It's a, a big family getting together for an annual family reunion, welcoming new members. That's the atmosphere that. I take from it every year. I look forward to seeing old friends, making new friends. Um, It's interesting in that it is one of the few shows that you go to, and there are people who will cheer you on even if they don't know you. Um, Carnival is not quite the right word for it, but party seems to be, and serious party.
2: Oh, this is this is the show for me. I think, Philip. This is this sounds good. <laughs> that um, sounds awesome. <laughs> so, Mariana, when you talked about the handler and the whip person, can you talk a little bit about what their roles are? Um, how you need to have your horse
3: ready to work with
2: that person?
3: Certainly. Um, a handler is the person who will actually present the horse to the judge. He will he or she will take the horse into the arena, stand them up for the confirmation, and we put them in a uh, in a place called the open position so the judge can see all four legs from the side view. And then the handler has to know that when the judge walks in front of the horse, he has to square the horse up so that the judge can see the front legs. Goes to the other side, the open position has to reverse. When the judge goes behind, has to square up behind. Then the handler needs to walk the horse on the small triangle. Going away, the judge is looking for correctness of gaits. Across the long side, we're looking for the mechanical use of the body, the swing, the energy, the forward momentum, the willingness to cooperate. And then coming back again, it's also um, a different point of view for correctness of gait. The second triangle is at the trot. This is where horses wow the audience. Um, they go away in a slow trot. They go across the long leg of the triangle at the best gait they can go. And then they come back towards the judge. What the whip person does is encourage from behind. What, the way you can think of it is the handler is the reins and seat of the horse of the rider, and the whip person is the legs of a rider. And if your young horse is prepared properly and then shows in hand, uh, I've had reports from people who bought horses that I've shown in hand, they ask me if I've put tack on them and lunged them or done anything, and I'm somewhat handicapped, I don't start my horses. But showing in hand is a really good basic education for performance horses. And if you have a very good professional handler, they can get the best out of a horse, even if they've never dealt with it before.
1: Yeah, I think it's great that they get used to a show atmosphere before they're ever brought somewhere to be ridden. I think the horses that have done the the breed classes, I've found for sure handle the whole experience a lot easier when they're later in life. So I think that's kind of a leg up on on the competition sometimes.
3: I think it is as well. I, I mean, a foal will take its cues from its dam. It you've got a um, pro and con with that. It's a little dangerous to take out young babies and expose them to the bacteria and other influences on the showgrounds. But on the other hand, they learn to stand, get bathed, braided, handled, trailered, and groomed, and stay in a strange place. And they, it, when their mare, their dam takes that in stride they do and that lays a groundwork for the future that's invaluable
2: so one of the things that i wanted to ask is how do you decide let's say you you want to go to devon you really evaluate your horse in june how do you really evaluate and say okay yes it's worth the money you know for for me that's a you know a 14 hour haul Mm -hmm. you know how do you decide that is, is my question
3: and same here it's it's thirteen hours for us and yeah. and my babies need to be of a good age. I look sure. at their confirmation, I look at their growth rate, I look at their siblings. Um, I want to know that this is a top quality horse. I don't want to take one of my good horses. That's not good enough. Um, there are some horses that are born with that special look at me, I'm top of the world. And it's not anything you can breed for, but it pops up every so often. And when you have one like that, they show themselves beautifully. And even if they may not be the best mover in the world, their mechanics will translate into power and elegance. And that always gets you a few extra general impression points. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I usually know that's a gut reaction for me for Someone else, um, they have to look at their their program and their horse. And a good guide is to take it out to another breed show and see what a judge thinks. Or talk to another breeder in your area, see what they tell you. Because most breeders will be brutally honest about what they see. My premise in my breeding program is that, you know, if I'm ever, ever satisfied with what I have, I need to get out because I'm no longer going to improve.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's a pretty good mantra, I think. So at Devin, I mean, how has the show changed over the years? Is it, what have you seen as, as trends or just uh, your experience? How has that changed?
3: Vendors have changed. Management has changed. Um, it's attrition over the years. It's, there's, there are people who love the current situation, people who miss the old situation, but um, despite that, I think it it has retained its prominence. European judges and breeders look at Devon every year and like to see what's winning here. Um, It has international prominence. It's the largest breed show in the world, and in that regard, I think a win at Devon is more valuable to a breeding program than winning a regional championship or a USDF horse of the year standing.
2: Yeah. Devon has always been the place that it's so amazing to go, even as a sport horse, uh, as a rider as well. So Marianna, can, can you tell us a little bit about the horses that you saw this year and the winners this year?
3: It was a very good year. The quality across the board was amazing. Um, Usually you'll see the top farms winning most of the classes because they know what they're doing. They've been doing it for a long time. This year you had so very many top, top quality horses. Uh, Kate Palmquist from Virginia, her yearling Francesca, won the yearling Phillies class. Top quality horse, small-time breeder, stood um, a stallion named Fielding, and this is the last foal from that stallion that she will have. Um, returning to win a class was Cha-Ching from Hilltop, and he won the Colts class. And that looks like, you know, time will only tell, but it looks like it could possibly be a a stallion coming up. Then um, in the three-year-old Phillies class, my God, that class, any one of the top ten horses could have won that class on any given day. I take any one of them home. Um, what uh, made my Devon was horses that I bred went out and did super well for their new owners and then we had the Fall Champion this year who ended up making the front page of Euro Dressage which again was quite a, a high for me but what I also appreciated was on Mature Horse Day the Grand Champion was a broodmare and that warms my heart because I'm a mare person at heart and um Breeding is built on the quality of our mares. The stallion can only do so much. It's the mare that brings so much more to the table. And to have a broodmare recognized as a grand champion is a really, really good thing.
1: Now, over the past few years, we've seen a real, um, you know, a depressed economy that, that everybody has been dealing with. How, how has that affected breeders and maybe the breed shows? And, and have you seen a real uh, difference in the past two, three yes. years because of this?
3: certainly we have a lot of breeders have gotten out they can't afford to keep doing it the cost of doing the business of breeding has gotten so expensive vets have to charge more semen is more Um, raising them is more and the economy has cut back on the potential buyers out there so breeders have cut back on the number they produce some breeders have gotten out and in turn, that has affected the, um, breed shows throughout the country. Even Devon was down by 60 horses this year from last year. I think that the economy is stabilized enough that breeders are now looking at upping production or at least stabilizing their production. Um, it's starting to happen right now in this country and it will happen probably in Europe in the next year or two. There will be a lack of three and four year old horses because it's been going on that long. So, um, high quality, good quality horses are going to be very hard to find because the breeders just stop producing.
2: So uh, Mariana, tell us when you, when you start, when you say, okay, I'm going to take my horse to Devon. Is that when you really start to prep them or do you, have you started to prep them earlier in the spring?
3: I start right away when they're born. And, um, it's, You know, if I'm thinking about a fall going to Devon, I I start right away. I make sure I have a good nutritionist I consult. Um, I have a very good farrier, um, and I I do that for the newborns. If I'm talking about a yearling or a two-year-old, it will be... May or June, I'll start thinking about looking out in the field and and seeing if anybody at liberty is moving well enough to take my breath away. And if we see something out in the field that's doing that, that's the horse that I then will start to prep. And again, I will bring it in during the day, get the coat going well. I'll evaluate behavior. I will evaluate gait in hand, meaning in the halter versus at liberty in the field, and if that horse is still coming up to my expectations for a Devon competitor, I will start doing the Aqua Tread in mid-July and um, putting the horse in the Aqua Tread twice a week. It, Reese, as you know, I've had two hip replacements, so I can't d- do the ponying or or running up and down the hills with these youngsters. So for me, the Aqua tread's the right thing. But anybody can do conditioning. All it needs to do is some up and down hills, or some, some lunging in a, a round pen at Liberty, um, mm-hmm. but you need to start conditioning at least eight weeks before the show, if not sooner. Um, but we watch the progress, and then when the closing date comes, if they're making sufficient progress, I'll send in the entry. And I still leave it open to whether or not they're going to go until about two weeks ahead of time. And then, again, final evaluation, if they've lived up to my expectations, we start, you know, figuring out how much hay grain and, and supplies we need to take.
2: You have an amazing program. Congratulations on the full win. That is huge. That's thank very you. exciting. And thank you for coming on the show. This was really educational for both Philip, Philip and I and all our listeners. That was great. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mariana, for coming on the show. And Mariana's website is dot com. And after a break from the Horse Radio Network, we're going to speak with Jean Yves Tola of Jumpstart Farm in Lexington, Kentucky, and his involvement in the Young Horse Show series.
0: Do you have a company in the horse world? Are you looking to get the word out about your products, services, or shows? At the Horse Radio Network, we understand our advertisers' need to reach the equestrian consumer in the most efficient, cost-effective way possible. Internet radio shows like this one, also called podcasts, allow the flexibility and creativity to craft unique messages that stand out from the herd and reinforce your existing marketing and social media strategies. If you want to learn more about advertising on this show or any of our shows on the Horse Radio Network, contact our account manager, Lisa, at 847-790-4476. That's Lisa at 847-970 four four seven six or you can drop her an email at Lisa at Horseradio Network dot com. Our listeners are terrific, engaged, and avid horse people, the ones that you are looking for.
2: Jeanine, thank you so much for coming on the Dressage Radio Show today.
4: Thank you for having me.
2: Well, I'm really excited to have you because you were the kind of the creator of the Young Horse Show Series. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that is and how people can get involved?
4: Sure. Um, Well, um, the Young Horse Show Series is basically a a show for young horses. We require uh, them to be from uh, one-year-old to five-year-old. And... um, so, you know, they, they need to prove their age, in other words, uh, so the show means something because the divisions and the classes are separated in age groups. And basically, uh, the concept was created um, by the North American Sturberg and a couple other people. And all we did basically is uh, apply a proven um, show environments that we got from Europe, mostly France and Germany. And apply um, them here for to apply them here for the U.S. Uh, because we we believe that there's a lack of um, affordable show venues for the youngsters uh, where they can get basically what we call cheap miles uh, being introduced to a show environment, an uh, arena, uh, different things uh, being in a different stall in a different barn. Uh, which down the line when they become five, six, and seven, and they start to really have to compete in big, expensive shows. Then they have some miles, and and they don't uh, have to go through all of that process at that age, and they can actually do it beforehand. Um, So... That's basically the concept, and um, um, you know, in, in more details, you know, we are, we offer different classes. We offer ad body class, which we believe is extremely important. So, uh, the the, the canter of the horse can be judged, um, which is something that we don't really have here. Um, sometimes at inspections, but uh, uh, as far as showing goes uh, for the youngsters, we don't have that. So it's a great way to assess the you know ability of the horse. We also have a jumpsuit class, which is also good for young horses. And they don't necessarily have to be jumpers. We have a lot of young horses that actually like to go through the jumpsuit. It's another way to assess their willingness and their ability to uh, use their body over a a little fence. Um, And so, you know, we... We believe that it's a great way to 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 promote, uh, and create a a, a great sales environment for the horses um, as well, um, for breeders to get together and exchange ideas and um, break the ice a little bit uh, between breeders and 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 also trainers and riders that can come. Since we also have a couple under saddle classes for dressage and jumpers and hunters, so that's that's basically it. Um, And, you know, we have about uh, half a dozen. We had a half a dozen shows in 2011. We had eight shows in 2012. And we're basically trying to expand uh, these shows to the whole country. Um, And we basically go, you know, state by state, uh, try to find hosts that have the facility to host such a show. And uh, then we help them produce the show. And um, that's about it, we um then people calm <laughs> and, and uh, we, we've had a lot of success and a lot of uh, great feedback. I mean, it's not a perfect oil machine yet, but it's getting there, um, it still needs a little tweaking, but uh, overall we're pretty satisfied uh, with the uh, concept and uh, the results so far.
1: Now, John, can you give us all of the locations, you said there were, what, eight locations for 2012 or, you know, all the upcoming locations? Um, for the shows?
4: So, um, we've had, uh, in 2012, we had uh, two shows in Wellington, Florida. Uh, We had two shows in Ocala, Florida. We had a show in Lexington, Kentucky. We had a show in Bethel, Pennsylvania. Uh, And uh, we had a show in Petra, Massachusetts, which is not too far from Boston. And we also had a show in Atlanta and Georgia. Uh, close to Atlanta, so that was the two thousand and twelve um, and uh, just as a little add on these shows are um, all qualifiers for a, you know the final show that takes place uh, so far in Wellington Florida at uh, the West uh, show grounds and um, so the horses have a chance to really be um, and the lights and really uh, well marketed and, and also get a real I would say a big time show experience if they actually qualify and go to the finals um, went and so we were trying to keep a little bit of a competitive aspect for it too because you know these classes have somewhat of a performance into them, uh, which we think is really important, uh, which we also think is lacking. Uh, in the show environment, and I'm mostly talking about the under four-year-old the, the horses that are, that are not under saddle. Um, I think we have a great system for under saddle show, um, lacking a bit of schooling shows, but there's quite a bit of venues where you can actually go and show your horse under saddle. But before that, there's really not that much except for the hunter breeding shows and the dressage breeding shows. Which are great uh, in their own respect, but still, to us, lacking a little bit of performance um, for the horses that are participating.
2: So, Johnny, uh, let's say you know, I I would love to bring my horse to the show. How does it work? How do I enter? How do I find information? And let's say I have a two-year-old. How do? What does she need to do to come to the show?
4: Okay, so uh, um, it's it basically we're. I would say kind of a modern, um, organization in the sense that, uh, and also because our, one of our main goals is to keep the costs extremely low for the participants. That's really our uh, number one, uh, key to this show. It's, it's, so it's cheap for people to come. Um, because as you know, breeders, uh, sometimes don't have the kind of money, uh, to go on show four or five horses all year long on the big shows. So, um, we basically have chosen to use the internet um, as our main vehicle for uh, marketing and advertising and also entering in the show. So we have a website, which is uh, Um And on this website, every show will have its own price list that you can uh, download and, and print and its entry forms, um, which you can also download and print, and um, we, we try to, you know, do mass emails and, and advertise as much as we can, but uh, as I said, we use the internet mostly, um, because it's very affordable, um, and, you know, if you have a two-year-old, uh, and let's say there's a show in Lexington, Kentucky, and you're in Lexington, Kentucky, you keep... You know, looking at the website, when you see that the date is posted, you go on the website and you download the prize list and the entry form, and you fill it out and send it in, and you're in. Um, a two-year-old, you know, for example, has the possibility of doing three classes. Uh, there's a, what we call the In-Hand at Liberty class, which is a, a, a class which is judged, uh, the horse is presented in hand, kind of like a dressage pre show. Uh, the confirmation and the correctness of so the horse is going to be judged, and then the horse is let loose, um, and therefore the the gates can be judged at liberty. You um, also have a jump shoot class where the horse can go and tour jump shoot, and we also have a schooling jump shoot class for horses that have never been to a jump shoot, for example, or need a little bit of a warm up before going into the regular class, and that class is not judged, but it is you know, um uh, practice just the same way as the other one. Um and we basically introduce uh, a horse to a jumpsuit in a very safe way. Uh people don't always have the facility or the staff to run a horse to a jumpsuit correctly and, and as everybody knows a jumpsuit is can kind be of a bit tricky with a young horse if you're if you're a little short handed or if you don't really know what you're doing. Um so we give these horses an opportunity to, to have a good experience in the job suite.
1: Jean, can you give us an idea about uh, the rest of the classes that are offered? I guess there's the two-year-olds compete against each other, right? And like the yearlings and 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 any like other classes the, that people could be interested in?
4: Sure. There, there's basically five divisions uh, in the show um, and um, they're all broken down into age groups. So. You have the in at Liberty class, which is uh, from one-year-old, two-year-old, two-year-old, and four-and-five-year-old together. Um, you have the jump shoot class, which is, uh, we don't have that for yearlings. Um, however, we do offer uh, the schooling jump shoot for yearlings, but we don't think the yearlings should really be in a competitive jump shoot class. It's a little too soon. Um so same thing, two-year-old, two-year-old, four-year-old, and five-year-old. And four-year-old can do the jump shoot, I'm sorry. Uh, Five-year-olds are not uh, eligible for the regular jump shoot class because we believe that a five-year-old should do the of jumping. that's what they're going to do. And uh, when they are, it's usually not the best thing for them to go in a jump shoot again. It can be useful, uh, but not really recommended. So we, we just uh, don't have the five-year-old uh, jump shoot class. And then we have three divisions on this saddle. We have a, a flat class that we, we just call it a flat class. It's kind of a material class where up uh, to two horses can come together in the ring, and um, the judge will ask them to walk, trot, canter, and with a few extensions and a few uh, collections, but very light. And basically, it's a class where a young horse can really express themselves. Um, we like to see all being written uphill and, and forward, uh, which we think sometimes uh, lacks in a purely dressage test, which uh, for the young ones and the, the, the lower tests are, are really good, obviously, but very uh, into the submission part of the horse and sometimes kind of miss the potential of the horse. So we, we want the people to be able to show the potential of the horse in these classes. Then we have a regular dressage to test uh, for dressage riders, and we have also an undisaddle jumping class, uh, which is modeled a little bit after the Bundescheltena in Germany, and it's a class where you have a very easy course of eight fences, uh, and you actually are able to do it twice. So you go over the course once, and then you take a break for two minutes, and you go again, so you can fix problems and the judge can really see how the horse is reacting and the rider is reacting to the course. And it is not timed, so you can take as long as you want. Um, and, um, you know, if you, if you get a double clear or a score that's good enough, then you can qualify. Uh, so that, these are five divisions that we offer.
2: Well, that is, that is great, Genevieve, and what you're doing is really a phenomenal thing for all breeders and riders and um, trainers out there. Uh, Genevieve, if we wanted to find you on the website, on the web, how would we do that?
4: Um, well, you, you just uh, uh, type com.
2: Well, thank you, Jean-Yves, very much for coming on the show. And again, jumpstartfarm.com is Jean-Yves' website. And um, yeah, next week, Philip, we have a little bit of time off.
1: Yeah, well, you're going on a trip, right?
2: We are. Travis and I are actually going to go to Ireland. So we are uh, just going for fun. We've both always wanted to go there and uh, look forward to the week uh, of, of no horses. I don't mind seeing them in the field. But uh, after my big week at the regionals and carriages and weaning, a uh, little little vacation will be fun.
0: I always had to, when we had our big farm, Philip. Um, uh, we had about 20, 25 boarders at, at one point. And, you know, when we would go away, I would say to Jennifer, I don't want anything to do with horses. I don't care what you say. We're going away and we're not (laughs) even looking
1: at a horse. It never quite worked out that way. But Well, it's surprising with a boarding bar and you get any time to go away. I know. (laughs) Well, that leads to a good
0: question there, Reese. Yeah. You know, when we went away, we were always the kind that, you know, you kind of want to know what's going on at home. But yet we didn't because there was nothing we could do about it. Yeah, and and (laughs) he didn't want them calling us with every little thing. So we, you know, we we'd give them all the name. Are you that way, or do you want to know about every little thing? I think there's two types of people.
2: Yeah, you know, I think that. For me I I get usually I I do try to take 2 weeks off a year. One is in the summer I go on vacation with my family and then one is the fall where Travis and I go and and just have a in us vacation. Um and we like to travel, you know, fun places. So, um I you know, I I don't want to know in a lot of ways. I have a wonderful farm manager, her name is Rachel Sawinski, and she stays here at the farm. Um I have a wonderful vet, I have a wonderful farrier. Um my mom, my dad, my sister, sort of everyone's in town. So, um, no, (laughs) call them, (laughs) call my insurance agent if needed, hear the truck keys, take the horse to the clinic if needed. And, and so for me, I have great staff and, and and Umberto, my farm manager is also here. So they do a really good job, honestly, of uh, taking care of things, thankfully. Um, but I need that. I, I think everyone's a little bit different, but you know, living on the property and and sort of living and breathing it, um, and ha- having a husband that's not horsey, um, I think it's really important that we get away. So, um, so I guess if that answers the question, I I try not to, um, I try not to call. I'll send an email, but I'm going to be in Ireland, so there's not much I can do. Yeah, what can you? Do? I always yeah. liked
0: cruises yeah. because they can't reach you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. I You're not getting you. a hold of me yeah. on the cruise. How about yeah, you, Philip? Me- How do you feel about that?
1: Um, I'm both ways actually you know, I, I really do like to know what's going on but you know, it just becomes frustrating when there's nothing you can do about it right? so um, I'll go away and there'll be no contact and I think that's a, a little bit better because if something does happen you just want to go home right? then you're not going to enjoy your time when you're away so what can you do?
0: we had it bad because yeah. when we had the big stable we also had a tack shop tack business and we were one of
1: the first retailers
0: online in the mid 90s in the internet so we we had that running at the farm in addition to the farm so it was like uh and we would get calls about the tack business and sometimes there are things we had to deal with there but um but i would have rather dealt with that than i did the horse end of things it was like let's just hope that runs fine
1: (laughs) yeah yeah just cross your fingers and and pray And, (laughs) and when you got a great support system you don't worry you don't worry that much i guess right and
2: yeah. And our, my horses, all, we were all working really hard this week. And we've been working, you know, very hard the last month, kind of getting ready. So actually, my horses, they're going to get a little downtime. And, and I kind of try and schedule my life around uh, the horses having a break. But the clients need a break. Everyone sort of needs a break around here. So it's perfect timing, actually. So I also try to do that. So,
1: but uh, that yeah. means next week we won't be doing the show. Yeah, actually, so what's on tap, ben?
0: Well, Samantha Clark and I, she's the host of the Eventing Radio Show, will be uh, will be here for, for the dressage show next week. And what will happen is we're going to have on Rebecca Hart and Missy Ranshausen. Rebecca, of course, is the Paralympian we've had on the show before, before she headed off to London. And Missy Ranshausen is, is the coach of the Paralympic team. Well, uh, there's something very special going on, and this will already have happened by the time this show goes out. But uh, Rebecca had the opportunity to be on Good Morning America yesterday with Ann Romney. And uh, they have to ride. I, as I understand it, we don't know all the details yet, because uh, I haven't seen it yet. We're recording this ahead of time. They're going to get to ride into the show, and they're talking about, of course, Ann Romney has MS, right? Isn't it MS? Um, yes. And they're talking about therapeutic riding and, and riding for the handicapped and things like that. So... Uh, Rebecca was thrilled to be invited They came down to Missy's Farm where Rebecca Works and they filmed down There and it's just been A whirlwind for her she got the call Like two days before this happened um, And so she's She's had a little notoriety and you know I don't care What your politics are when they call up And say you know you do want to come up and Hang out with the wife of the person running That might be president in, in a month um, You you say yes Yes
2: Yes uh, <laughs> <I do. laughs> Oh, I can't! I can't wait to listen. And and Becca's so such a wonderful person, and so is Missy. So, ah, oh, I can't wait. And I'm gonna, you know, this will will air, but I'm gonna try and watch it too tomorrow.
0: Yeah, try and watch it. Uh, as I said, it will already have happened by the time this show goes live. But we'll give you the report. They'll be talking about what happens behind the scenes at Good Morning America. So we'll have that report for you next
1: week. That's really cool. Yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, I guess a, a week off, so that'll be great
2: yeah well everybody you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website at dressageradio.com like us on Facebook just search dressage radio show follow us on Twitter at horse radio my website is uh, maplecrest farm ky.com and my email is Reese at dot network.com
1: you can find me at philip dot and my email is Philip at network network.com I'd like to thank our sponsor, Equestrian Collections. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will see you in two weeks.